Hey, Cameron here with a couple quick things before we get into the episode. One, I just want to clarify that this episode was actually recorded several days after our first two. Our intentions to continue to record while getting more intoxicated were foiled by being intoxicated. So those episodes are, for now, going to live in the drunk art chat vault because they're somewhat uh, unlistenable. But who knows, we may release them someday as like a side bonusy type thing. And the second thing I wanted to mention is that this episode involves topics that may be triggering to some individuals, so we want to put that out there. In general, we do mention um, sexual harassment and assault, shitty remarks made by anti-LGBTQIA people, as well as some not-so-great race-related topics. So if those are things you maybe don't want to listen to right now or ever, perhaps skip this episode for now. We understand. Hopefully you'll join us in the next one. Alright, that's really everything I had. Let's get to it. Hello, I'm Cameron Penamone. And I'm Stephanie Ledesma. And this is Drunk Drunk Art Art Chat. Chat. guest with us and it's my partner Ooh. Scott Nichols. Hi, that's me. That's him. Yay. Um, <laughs> and we are going to be talking about something that is relatively um hot topic right now, I think. Serious. Very sort of serious. Can be triggering. Can be triggering, yes. That's yes. actually a very good point. Um, it's going to involve problematic artists and the idea of can you separate the artist from the art? Um, and we all have some thoughts on these. One of us, Scott, has experience with a problematic artist. Yeah, Scott, why don't you start um. first? <laughs> um, so I'm a writer and I use write primarily about video games and where I got my start writing about video games was on a site called Gay Gamer. And back in 2011, someone from the site, someone else from the site wrote an article about uh, Doug Tenapel, the creator of Earthworm Jim, and about how he has some very problematic views about the LGBTQ extended community and in the comments it was fascinating when Doug Tenapel himself jumped into the comments um (laughs) yeah did not realize he actually participated oh yes he participated and someone had some said something about like punch wanting to punch bigoted people and uh, Doug Tenpel's first response was saying that he'd be fine with someone punching him so long as they don't have an open sore on their knuckle. 
which was a fun little reference to AIDS, since it's the site gay gamer. Mm. <laughs> and that was his opening into the discussion, mm. and it got progressive from there. And there's a lot of discussion about whether that was actually him, and I found him on Twitter and started talking to him on Twitter and confirmed that, yes, it was him that was jumping in and having making these comments on the site, and it was just... Mm. Yeah, he's... Was it disheartening, I guess? It was, because, yeah, like... So he he was the creator of Earthworm Jim, which was, like, uh, for me, a very foundational game. Because just, like, especially the art and animation of it was so high quality for the time. And it's like, oh, the animator of that is... A horrible mm. person mm-hmm. that sucks because i grew up with that game too and yeah. i remember loving that game um i don't know if it still holds up it probably does <laughs> um yeah but yeah has he gone on to make like any other um things that i mean the, really know and... the this whole exchange on game gamer having because he was doing a web comic oh um <laughs> He does a lot of comics stuff. Uh, mm. He also had a, a newer video game in the last few years. Um, blanking on the name, it was he had had a game called The Neverhood years and years ago. That was like a claymation mm. adventure game, and then this was a sequel to that. And like a lot of these discussions about how he is a very bigoted, homophobic, transphobic, awful person came up when that game was coming out. And, I mean, it was heartening that, like, because this was, like, only a few years ago that the newer game came out, that there that was actually part of the discussion on more mainstream gaming sites mm. and not just relegated to a site called Gay Gamer that's dedicated to a gay perspective on news yeah so it was nice that it was still part of the that it was growing part of the discussion but that was also around when the whole gamer gate oh bullshit hit Mm. and (laughs) Mm -hmm. so there was some less productive voices (laughs) in the conversation Mm -hmm. as well so here's a question i guess this is going to be the question um that is I guess this is going to be the theme of this episode, is do you think you can still play that game, or are you just done? Um, yeah, I, like, I, I'm blanking on the name of the newer game that he came out with because I have just put him out of my mind entirely, and, like, even though I was writing about news, video game news every day, like, when that game came out, I just didn't process what that game was it just didn't just like i'm not following his career at all anymore and not Mm -hmm. (laughs) but if someone like allowed a copy of earthworm jim would you play it um there's no right or wrong answer to to this whole episode it's just just yeah like curious personal preference or whatever i i might but yeah like it definitely has 
soured how I remember that game. Sure. And my enjoyment of it. Yeah. I, if I were to play it again, it would probably be for, like, a deeper dive into this topic of, um, like, mm-hmm. confronting a problematic <laughs> right. creator. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I yeah I don't see it as something that would be in my regular rotation anymore. <laughs> see, I feel awful because <laughs> I really enjoy The Smiths and Morrissey, mm-hmm. but we all know Morrissey is a horrible person yeah. and he had he, he's a very problematic person and i guess so i can't justify listening to morrissey because i do but probably not as much as the smiths but at least i don't know if this makes me bad um i justify listening to the smiths because i feel like you know there are other people and morrissey was just kind of alone in his voice more of a collaborative yeah. effort kind of thing yeah I, I have a hard time with this because I know some Smith songs and I still listen to like a handful. I've kind of gotten, I feel like the only ones that I ever really heard have just been overplayed for me in a just a more general way where I'm just not listening to it anyway. But I know, like, I guess so for me for with that band, like it makes it easier for me to just not listen to it as much. But, like, we were talking about, it's almost the opposite of you with, like, um, I'm, or, I mean, not the opposite, but, like, I'm in the same boat as you with that, uh, like, with Kanye's stuff. <laughs> because it's, like, I really enjoyed his music, uh, like, in the beginning, and then he keeps saying some stuff, he keeps opening his mouth and saying things, and, and, like, I start, I'm starting to feel myself distancing myself from the stuff he's making and i don't know but like there's still songs that i like just want to listen to sometimes like it's hard because sometimes artists can get at the core of a thing whether or not you know they're being shitty people and you can relate to that but then it makes it so complicated to go back and be like well they said this in an interview (laughs) and it was really terrible racist awful homophobic (sighs) yeah on and on um (laughs) i guess another way i justify the smiths is um at least my partner has mentioned this like he's like johnny marr was the smiths it really was him behind Mm -hmm. it all so I try to think of that, too, because mm-hmm. um, obviously if you listen, I don't know if you've listened to just Morrissey's stuff, but um, Morrissey's solo stuff is very different from the Smiths. Sure. Like, there's a lot of, um, a lot of the music does rely on the guitar in mm-hmm. the Smiths, whereas Morrissey's stuff kind of lacks that. Yeah. Hmm. Sorry, I just really love no. the Smiths. No, that's... <laughs> That's I fair. hate Morrissey. Yeah. Because he's an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> how, how do we feel about H.P. Lovecraft? So that's another sort that's... of Scott thing, I think. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> but... everyone knows I like Cthulhu. Mm-hmm. Very. I'm, I am also a big Cthulhu, Elder God, like that whole genre of horror and he's inspired a lot of recent horror films and 
video games. I mean, what is it, Bloodborne, I think um, my partner was playing? There's like a whole level that is basically inspired by Dagon. Hmm. So a lot of people are inspired by him, but no one talks about how problematic he he was. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's hard because I, I love his stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I... I guess the way that I deal with his work is more through, like, the horror ideas of it, and, like, I guess... Because I, I guess in my mind, he's one of those people, he's super prob- problematic, but I don't think no one realizes that unless you're, like, a really huge fan of his, because I'm not even sure if, like, this generation that is aware of his stuff has actually read his book, like, his books, um, his stories. Because when you read it, you're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, he is dropping, he, he's dro- dropping the N-word a bunch of times, he's just saying some bizarre stuff, and it's, mm. I don't know if his stuff has just been so watered down, like, with Probably. the game and, like, all the inspiration that people don't realize yeah, I think, it. I think he inspired so many people that, like... A lot of current fans probably are more interacting with other media that was inspired by him and not even his direct works. Like, if if they are hearing about The Call of Cthulhu, it's through some new video game or a movie or something, or at the Mounds of Madness. Like, any of his stories, they're more probably hearing about them through other media rather than reading the actual source material and those mm-hmm. other media rightfully <laughs> you've read the original yeah i guess part of my interaction like feelings about lovecraft comes from the fact that he isn't around anymore and so like if the, if like if it's not financially supporting a horrible person that's very true. to buy a lovecraft book because he's mm. not around to profit from it he's dead <laughs> <laughs> so like yeah. i think that 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 doesn't excuse what he's done obviously <laughs> but yeah. like i feel like it opens up to more examination reading mm. his work because it's not it's like i can inform myself about what his work was without worrying about financially supporting someone who is just reprehensible. Yeah. (laughs) Which I think is different from a lot of the examples of, like, Kanye and (laughs) Morrissey that... No, that's very true. I didn't even think about that. I'm just like, why do we... Why do so many people love Lovecraft's work? But, like... like... Another example is, like, uh, Orson Scott Card... Um, the Ender's Game books. Mm-hmm. I've heard about. He's a big anti-LGBT yeah. activist and like donates a lot of money to anti-LGBT organizations. And I didn't see the Ender's Game movie because after I had read it, like I'd found out about him and separated myself from that. Yeah. This is such a downer conversation. A I mean, it's a, a serious conversation. Yeah. It's a it's something that's, you know, in the 
sort of mainstream stuff right now. I know you had some thoughts, Stephanie, on the idea of like how people in you know how everybody's sort of treating the the folks who are harassing other people versus the folks who are saying like racist things um and treating those problematic things like i just find it interesting that um people are can easily forgive someone for saying a racist thing in comparison to like i mean you shouldn't forgive someone for doing like for sexually assaulting someone um which Sorry, I'm just not phrasing this right. Like, it's okay. people don't forgive artists or celebrities for sexually assaulting people. And rightfully rightfully so, you shouldn't. But then you have celebrities and artists saying really fucked up things, and it's like, let's forgive them. We can just mm. kind of bypass it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like... Um... I think part of me keeps thinking of like this might be sort of in in the realm of the same logic of like how people define quote like hate speech or not even hate speech no like free speech is what i'm trying to say and that always those are the same thing usually (laughs) yeah usually people say free speech are trying to defend hate speech yeah (laughs) and that's what that's more what i mean like um you know i like when people think that it's just words, you know, they'll chalk it up to like, well, they have the freedom to say whatever, but they don't tend to like go deeper and look at how words can actually, and you know, uh, incite violence and then it becomes physical, but they don't think about those consequences. Man, I hate to bring the beauty community to this discussion, but like, you guys know who Jeffree Star is, right? Yeah. He has like his own makeup line and everything, but like, yeah. as he was starting his makeup company all this like stuff he said like really he he said that he wanted to throw acid on a black woman to lighten her skin and like then people are just like well you know he he said he was sorry let's still Uh. continue to buy his makeup and listen to his music and i'm like what the fuck man like he just said that he was gonna harm someone else right oh my god yeah that's that's horrible I did not know who this person is, and I still don't, and I now never will. <laughs> um, unfortunately, he pops up in my feed a lot just because like I yeah make up things. Yeah. things. Um, and he does make music. Mm-hmm. He's been around a long time. Yeah, MySpace days. Yeah, MySpace. Exactly. <laughs> I remember. Um, and I, I think my maybe that might be part of it. And with any any of the people we're talking about, it might just be like this weird central like fan base kind of thing like just really you know rah 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 in for them or whatever unconditionally well actually another thing um that i found interesting too with the whole like racial slurs versus um sexual harassment um dan Harmon. Mm -hmm. am i saying his last name Mm -hmm. right um rick and morty creator Mm -hmm. uh co-creator um he, uh, when he was doing community, mm-hmm. he was the boss of this woman and he, you know, developed feelings for her and confronted her about it. And she's like, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. But then he was horrible to her that mm-hmm. she eventually quit. Mm. And he made a public apology and like, even she was just like, yes, like this is the right way to apologize because you're not making excuses. You right. acknowledge that you were a jerk and you abused your, um power but everyone's like forgiving him for that too and yeah. it's just like 
I'm really confused about, like, who we forgive and who we don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. And I think with Dan Harmon in particular, he makes so much, like, beloved content, too. <sighs> yeah, Which does. people just, you know... I have... I've seen bits and pieces of community. I've seen, like... We've seen Scott and I've... All of Rick and Morty and, like, all that kind of stuff. And, like... I don't know. I feel like there's something that has to do with... Like, this this fear that, like, if you oust the person, you'll never see anything from them again. And, I mean, honestly, that's kind of... I feel like this kind of stuff needs to have consequences. Yes. You know? And and it's, like, kind of, like, there has to be some turning point where they're learning, like, or, or, or creators coming up in the industry or whatever are like, wow, that happened. I'm, like, I'm, I need to, like, rein it in and, like, really think... It'll be like retrospective or or not uh, introspective is the word I'm thinking of. <laughs> um, uh, introspective of like these feelings I'm having and whatever. It's like it just uh, I don't know. It's I feel like it it needs to be harsh sometimes, and when it's not, it's like kind of like letting it off the hook. It's just like a slap on the wrist. Yeah. Did you guys hear about that story, Dan like, Harmon? Uh huh. I don't. I feel like it's. I kind of sounds familiar, but I I don't know many of the I details. I actually don't about know it. if it got a lot of public. Yeah, um, I'm not super press, I guess. I don't know because as far as I know, dude's still thriving. <laughs> so. Yeah. Do you think there's any room for someone who has done something to give a sincere apology hmm. and? actually take actions to correct their past behavior or words well that's apparently what he did was he made this whole like on i don't know if it was twitter like he basically was like i abused my power like i have no excuses um but i don't know if he did any actions like to make up for that like he publicly apologized but i don't know if there was like any actual like follow-through I don't want, I'm not saying, trying to defend people who have mm -hmm. done or said reprehensible things, but I also think that there, if someone is able to actually grow and say, like, I did not have this perspective and now I see this, the world this way and, yes. like, is able to go forward and actually use their position for good like i don't i maybe the problem part of the problem is i can't think of an a example of someone yeah. who's done that off the top of my head uh, but because i've done stupid shit as a kid and i'm just like oh my god i would never do or say shit like well, that again yeah and like i mentioned the gamergate thing mm -hmm. earlier and like i could see if i were in high school i probably would have been with them just because I was an idiot kid mm -hmm. and I'm not agreeing with that <laughs> no, I'm but... an idiot kid <laughs> <You're> an idiot. <laughs> but like Sorry. like I when I was in high school I had dumb conspiracy theories about video game reviewers getting paid off did you watch that movie Zeitgeist no I did <laughs> um, <laughs> but like I'm not that person anymore and like I, I worry that for some people who, like, 
aren't as far along, they might just feel shut out and then never yeah, no, try what... and correct their action. Mm. Which... Logan Paul. <laughs> oh. Is a whole... <laughs> like, it's, it's tricky because, like, it's not on the people who are being victimized to educate no. them. They have it shouldn't to have... be. <laughs> no, it shouldn't be and it isn't. No. So, it, like, they have to want to change. Yeah. It's probably more forgivable for a kid or someone younger yeah. to do something versus a grown adult. A grown adult slash celebrity. Like, they're already... Slash president. Slash <laughs> president, yes. It's just, I keep thinking, like, I think everybody sort of falls into the... I don't think I know anybody who's been, like, a perfect <laughs> person their whole life and never fucked up or did anything fucked up. And, you know, I'm certainly... I was not great as a teenager. Um, and I, you know, same thing. But I just feel like these people who are fucking up in the spotlight, that adds this whole other level of... Oh, just inherent responsibility, I think. You know, they have an audience. They have this following. And while I do feel like they there is potential for them to, like, grow and, you know, if they can take the correct steps and be super fucking careful about what they're doing, then maybe. But at the same time, it would be sort of the situation of, like, I don't know if I would be in, in like, a non-celebrity setting or whatever. I don't know if I would be comfortable, like, you know, if... Let's say there's, like, someone in the community who works at the post office, and they're sleazy, not good, bad person, <laughs> and, like, always, and people have complained about them all the time. If they just apologize, I don't think that would make me comfortable going there. And, like, even if they stop doing what they were doing, there's always this sense of, like, ugh. I don't, I can't, like, use this facility anymore or go to this place. I would want them to, like, step down or go to a different department or something. So, I don't know. And I feel like if these are celebrities running around in Hollywood, there's still a chance that they're going to work with people who don't feel super comfortable with them. But then can that person say, like, you know what, I'm actually not really willing to work with you, but but I apologize. Like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, is that enough? You know, is a, is like an apology and apology's you know. not enough. Actions have to be, yeah. So something has to happen. And then, but then that begs the question a little bit of like, what's like how what kind of action? <laughs> like, is it? I don't know. And it's it's so you can't just do like a sweeping statement about it, I guess, because this happens in all levels of art. I think whether it's in, in you know movie stars or artists, uh, visual artists rather, and whatever. If somebody's like the head of an organization and they do some shitty shit, and then they say sorry about that, but they don't step down. Like, what other action can they take that will help the situation? Sorry, I brought everybody down. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> I'm not, I don't know. I want there to be an answer. <laughs> I want there to be something, but. <laughs> Sorry. Should, we take, should we take a break? 
which is this will be the spot for our newest fake commercial. Fake commercial. Fake, fake commercial, commercial. Fake commercial. Fake, fake commercial, commercial. Fake commercial. Square apron. Whoa. Now, we all know that being awake and experiencing consciousness has its perks. But for the most part, I think we can all agree that it's generally overrated. Think about it. When you're awake, you have to know about your bills, you have to know about your stress, and you have to know about your podcast's third episode being really sad and serious. It's a lot. But the good news is that there's a solution. Naps. Yes, naps. Sleep. Passing out. Call it what you want. Even though it's only temporary, it will make your life better. For anywhere between 20 minutes to 5 plus hours, if you're me. Some people might call that going to bed, but those people would be wrong. I call them naps and then I go to bed, so I don't know what you're talking about, Scott. If you want to get in on this, which, come on, we know you do, just go over to your bed, scream and cry into your pillow for about 20 minutes, and before you know it, you'll be all tuckered out in a nap of your own. So close your eyes and pretend none of this is really happening. Today! Are we starting? Yeah. Um, And we're back. And we are back. Mm -hmm. Um, Scott has left us for the second half. He just kind of hung out for a little bit to give us some input that he had specifically. Um, So thank you, Scott, for joining us. I think the conversation was... This is probably going to be our most serious. This is a very serious episode, but it's real problems. Yeah, we are indeed drinking. Don't get us wrong. Right now, we're only having some Arnold Palmers again, the spiked Arnold Palmers. Mm-hmm. They're delicious. Um, they're very dangerous. <laughs> uh, they don't taste super boozy. But so we're, we're chanting real life, real problems. Oh, oh, what were we chanting? Oh, I already forgot. And then um, you did it to the Hot Pockets theme. Real problems. Real problems. <laughs> Just can't be lighthearted about it. No. I mean... Yeah. You really can. <laughs> like, it's because, I mean, as someone who has experienced um, sexual harassment, it's it's really hard to be funny about it. It can be. <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally. Sorry, as I, like, no. <laughs> like, nervous laugh. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. And I'm in the same boat as you. I've experienced it myself. And that's, I think, sometimes that's, like, why I feel very much like what are the consequences of your actions? Like, why aren't you, like, getting out of my life for eternity? You know, like, that Get kind of thing. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And I tend to have, like, hard stances on, on most of those kinds of things. And, but I think, so before we started recording, Scott had brought up something that we thought was important and wanted to mention, which was that. In the Dan Harmon. In the Dan. Harmon? Harmon. (laughs) Harmon. Yes. In the Dan Harmon apology, we were all sort of still talking about that and the fact that, like, because neither Scott or I have read it, and then Stephanie, you had said that it's, like... Basically, he was very upfront, like, I fucked up. Mm -hmm. This is my apology. Mm -hmm. Zero excuses. Right. Um, And then the victim, actually, I think she might have retweeted or reblogged his public apology and was just, like... This is how you apologize. Like I, I accept 
this apology. Like, right. good job. Yeah. Um, and we were kind of saying, like, well, part of that might be in the face of, like, all these other guys who have been accused of some shit. Like, like, like Kevin Spacey and... Louis uh, C.K. Louis C.K., right. And sorry. All these guys and, like... Maybe the reason Dan Harmon's is so praised is because everybody else is kind of not doing it well. And they're making excuses. They're, they're making excuses, and it's like, oh, wow, he didn't even make an excuse. Good job. Like, the bare minimum of what to <laughs> yeah. do, you know? Decent uh, male human being. Good job. <laughs> um, but but the, the thing that Scott brought up, too, is that, like, um, you know, maybe it's also important in, like, public's eye if the – if the victim or survivor of the abuse and whatever it says, like, okay, I accept your apology, like, that carries weight. Because, has, as Scott said, their voice is the most important voice yes. um, in the whole situation. But that being said, like, my input was, like, yeah, I definitely think that makes a lot of sense. I think that the, the person doing the harassing also has to Im- essentially, like, just be okay with the fact that just because the person you did this to says they forgive you doesn't mean that everybody forgives you and like you have to walk the world knowing that some people just are never going to forgive you and I personally think that's fine I think that's That's like their choice right and and maybe it's not even it's just like it's in my mind I think it's like a survival mechanism like you never know what people have been through and it's just like I can't, I cannot forgive you for this, therefore, sorry, like, <laughs> you know. I mean, and, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I don't really buy into all the, like, holding grudges or is, like, bad for your health and so forth. I think that's kind of... Case- oh, I'm petty as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, like, case-by-case kind of thing. I don't know. Anywho, that was sort of the wrapping up of that conversation, I think, but we just had a few other thoughts on it. Um, yeah. I don't know if you had any other... No, I think, um... Man, this conversation is depressing as fuck. Yeah. Um, but we're gonna try to lighten the mood up for this, um, because this is obviously drunk art chat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey. we are drinking. We were a little bit more sober than usual because it is a serious conversation. Yeah. I don't want to be like, toasted up. I don't want to be off my mind, like no. raving about nonsense Mm-mm. about something that is really important right 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 yeah i do want to be a little bit of a sound mind here um but we are drinking yeah um i mean to a degree that just helps get through the conversation too Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) it's it has multiple functions um before i mean so we're gonna work our way into like it's not necessarily light-hearted but lighter in a sort of different perspective uh, on the topics um did you want to talk a little bit about Rachel? <laughs> this is all yours. It's okay. Which it, I'm so disgusted after Ugh, you showed me sorry. the pictures um, of her artwork. I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know. So I, I was just telling Stephanie that I recently essentially found out that Rachel Dolezal uh, is an art, like a visual artist. I was not really aware of this. Um, until I saw the documentary on Netflix, which I have mixed feelings about. Part of me wanted to watch that because they they speak about, like, trans identities and so forth, and, um, not... Try to compare it ooh, to yeah. trans racial, which isn't 
even a thing. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not sure I'm quite there yet. Um, <laughs> you don't have to be sorry. Yeah. No, no one should be there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Except, I guess, Rachel Dozel. Dozel? Dozel. Dozel. Yeah. But I, I felt weird when they started showing her artwork, and I was like, wow, this is actually quite good and i mean i guess you say actually because you expect somebody who you kind of are like shit person yeah you're like oh i don't know about this one to be just like bad at everything and like i don't know but well we pull some up on uh the laptop so we can give some critiques (laughs) i felt like throwing up when i saw her artwork because i'm like this is really good it's, it's interesting i mean like you know okay so which one are we looking at right now this one's called pariah um it's acrylic it's acrylic okay. that's fucking acrylic that looks like oils yeah <laughs> yeah like the the technical skill is definitely there um it's the mirror image in that picture there doesn't make sense though <laughs> um so this picture is a black woman I, mm-hmm. I didn't mean to stress the black. I'm so well, sorry. I mean, Rachel pretty much only does, like, people of color in, in her artwork. So, um, this particular piece we're looking at is a black woman clearly on, um, public transit looking out, looking out the window. Looks like it's nighttime. Mm-hmm. But I guess the one thing I could, like, gleefully be like, that's fucked up, oh, no. is the, um, her reflection doesn't make sense. Well, the reflection is, like, supposed to be a panther. Oh, it is? Do you see that? Oh, yeah. shit. Oh, God, I thought I got her. I was like, no. gotcha, bitch. No, no. <laughs> oh, my God. No, um, it's clear. It's like, a, it's like a panther. It's not, like, the most realistic looking. But there's also this, like, light that might be, like, an outside. It's very... You kind of lose the sense of realism when you're looking at the re- reflection. Uh, so it's, it's kind of a... I don't know. It's it's a little bit of a strange juxtaposition. I feel like I'm not entirely sure what the what she's exactly saying with it, unless it's just like she's know. fantasizing while she's on the transit. I Maybe, guess I like mean, probably the most literal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I I always kind of assume like if you have like reflections in artwork, it's meant to be like an inner reflection kind of thing, like. And I, the thing is, like, I just, I don't even feel qualified to, like, I'm, I, uh, as we've stated earlier, I'm a white person. Um, I don't I'm a person have, of color. Yeah, I don't have experience with, like, and it doesn't mean I can't relate to any art that has, like, people of color in it, but it's just, I just, like, I'm just so baffled that Rachel Dolezal, like, makes these paintings. Hey, brief interruption from Cameron one more time. The next painting that we look at is uh, entitled Revelations, and we had a really hard time finding the, the name of it like while we were looking at it. So if you wanted to look at it while we're talking about it, you can search Rachel Dolezal Revelations painting. It should come up. You'll know it when we start talking about it, uh, just on Google Images. And by the way, Stephanie, this one was acrylic too. So this this one that we're looking at has essentially like three heads, people of color again, but they're just all sort of meshing. But um, I hate to admit, like her stuff is pretty damn good. She should have went to school for like art. <laughs> mm. 
I think she did. Oh, I, she did? Yeah, I don't well, know for I'm, sure. I'm dumb. <laughs> no, no, no. I. Well, yeah, like, so there's the three uh, heads. They're people of color. It's kind of got, and this could just be the scan, but it looks a little bit orangey tinted. And the background is... It, it, Almost looks like pore painting. Oh, yeah, like a, like a, like the pouring effect. It's really hard to tell if it's, there's like a, um, what's that called? Uh, oh, it's uh, one of those hourglasses? Hourglass, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Sorry, that's actually, like, from my view, I can't. Oh, thank you, Cam. <laughs> You're fine. Um, but yeah, so anyway, uh, I mean, again, I, if, if this might be acrylic, I'm not entirely sure. There's not as much description on this. Um, but it's, it's interesting. The compositionally, it's really interesting. And like, the technique is really good. And I just want to throw up some more. (laughs) Because why? It's, yeah, it's, um, she claims a lot of this, like, um, almost kind of like past life sort of feeling of like, (laughs) I was was black in a past life kind of thing, you know, and. Now that she got caught, she was white. Yeah. (laughs) So. I'm going to break some news on here. I oh. just got accepted to um, Chicago's very first WakandaCon. Got oh. the email today. Um, so WakandaCon is obviously based off Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a convention for um, specifically to celebrate black culture, you know, black positivity, black power, black, um, mm-hmm. I'm just saying black. I'm, I'm trying to think of what I was trying to say. There's. You got accepted to WakandaCon. <laughs> oh, well, I, I guess Black Pride is what Black I'm trying Pride. to say. That's that's why I kept saying Black, 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 Black. Um, basically, to celebrate celebrate being Black and being proud, plus comics and Black Panther. And I got accepted. And I don't think there's anything wrong with, like, um, being inspired by Black people or people of color. It's yeah. just, she's... She's really... I mean, like, if you were making this art and you're still being, like, but, uh, but, like, you know, I, I understand my privilege. I understand blah, blah, blah. I mean, I think that's... That's different. Different, yeah. But, I mean, there's this sense, and, and just because I know who the artist is, and I guess there it is, is the, like, can you separate the art from the artist, essentially? Like, I know who it is uh, making this. I know where this is kind of coming from. And I feel it's sort of, uh, like... I feel there's like this weird barrier now with yeah, it. I, I think can't fully see it as its own thing. I I wonder if it's because we all knew who she was before we saw the artwork mm-hmm. that we could never accept the artwork. Whereas like what other things like, you know, I didn't know H.P. Lovecraft was such a fucking like <laughs> asshole. I'm just calling them all assholes. They're all assholes. <laughs> um, you know, I fell in love with his work first, and then like. I actually started reading his work, his literature, and I was like, wow, this is messed up. I don't know how to separate this. But we knew her before we saw the art, so exactly. I wonder if that helps. Exactly. that. Yeah, and I think there's probably something to that for sure. Like, if I had just shown you, I should have just done that. Just shown you. <laughs> yeah, that like, tell me. What do you think this is? <laughs> Yeah. And then um, it fucks up my life. I'm just I'm like, like, God no! damn it! I only got, like, two minutes to enjoy that. <laughs> yeah. No, that's... So it's interesting to look at that kind of stuff um, and kind of not, I don't mean just like the art, but to look into that kind of stuff. I think um, once you know the person's an asshole, it's just easy to be like, I can't like this. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
sorry, not to <sighs> go back to like more depressing. Like we were trying to keep it lighthearted no, no, the no, second no, half. <laughs> That's all right. I think, I mean, it's real stuff, and I, we, we barely touched the surface on a lot of it, to be honest, but, um... I wish I did more research for this episode, but <laughs> also I felt like if I did it, wouldn't be, wouldn't be organic. Mm. So, I guess moral of the episode is, yeah. there's really no right answer to this right now, at yeah. least for us. Yeah, for us personally, especially. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well... On that note, um, let's take it to the outro. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks. Before we go, we just want to say a few things and give credit to Jonathan Stutz for providing us with their amazing music throughout this podcast. Our intro slash outro music is a song called Rushing, which you can get off of their album, Sins One, on Bandcamp. So go to stutzmusic.bandcamp.com to download that. That's S. T-U-T-Z music.bandcamp.com Also feel free to write to us at drunkartchatpod at gmail.com Yeah, and follow us on Twitter at drunkartchat as well as Instagram uh, by the same name. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast by following us on SoundCloud at drunkartchat. Yeah. And I'm Cameron Penmon. I'm Stephanie Ledesma. And this has been Drunk, Drunk Our Chat. Chat.